Welcome to our mini-series, The Search for Destiny and Purpose. A wise preacher once said that there's not an angel in heaven who would swap places with anybody because it was in God's plan A. And when you find your destiny, there's motivation, commitment, hope, passion and vision for your life. There's a reason for getting up in the morning. That vision will hold you through the tough times as well. And it'll give meaning and purpose to your existence. Now this sounds like fullness of life to me. So if you find the purpose for your existence, you will be fulfilled. But if you don't, you won't. You know, we're all told that we're one-off, unique people. And that there's no one in the universe quite like you. And I believe with all my heart that your fulfilment in life is dependent on you finding out and becoming and doing what you were born to be and do. Life can either be an enemy or a friend. If you know who God made you to be and, and what you're supposed to do and you're being yourself and doing your job, you are experiencing fulfilment. A.W. Tozer was the person that said there's not an angel in heaven who would change places because they were doing what they were made for. When you've discovered what I'd like to call the Eureka Factor, you will be being built up and also building up others. And if we do not pursue our destiny once found, we're committing ourselves to a life of, well, almost, but not quite. You know, we all want to be successful. We're made for it, actually. The trouble is we define success by the trappings and material awards that come with what the media says success is wealth, prestige, power, influence, possessions, material achievement. We're told to study hard so that we can become somebody. I heard a young businessman on TV who was so driven to get to the top and so determined to achieve success, uh, he admitted with no sense of moral guilt that he would step over anybody on his way to achieving success. Divorce and suicide and crime in the boardroom, violence and hatred are the result. Poverty, destruction, murder and premature death are on the end of the chain like this. Depression, drinking and immorality multiply whilst the envi environment is destroyed in the name of progress. You know, just sheer. We've seen so much over the last uh, few years of, of, of the results of greed and selfishness. Many of these people lack the marks of fulfilment and purpose from their lives. The signs are just not there. They seem to have lost their way. You know, it's entirely possible to be successful in the world's eyes and yet be poverty-stricken in the spirit and not even know it. The Bible calls it pitiful, poor, blind and naked. That's in Revelation 3.17. People are crying, peace, peace when there is no peace no peace no satisfaction a lack of meaning and a sense of futility and a large bank account can only anesthetize you for a short while look at what true success is how the bible describes it personal fulfillment is the true measure of success i have fought the good fight says paul i have finished the race i have kept the faith Jesus talked about the work his father had sent him to finish in John 4 and said on the cross, it is finished. Both of these men were talking of victory in their lives because they had discovered their destiny and fulfilled their purpose. The world was a different place because they'd been born. 
They were both expressing personal fulfillment. A successful career does not necessarily bring personal fulfillment, but discovering the will of God for your life and doing it does. Social or professional success is meaningless if it sacrifices personal fulfillment and gratification. We must make the discovery of our purpose one of our primary goals, and we will only waste our own time if we do not start as soon as possible. Remember that any journey starts with one step, so we must start our journey of discovery as soon as we can. If you have not yet started that journey, will you commit to doing so now? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're a God of purpose. Nothing you made, you made without a reason. Thank you that the Bible tells me that you have a destiny and a purpose for my life, according to Ephesians verse 10. And Isaiah 43 tells me that I am important in your universe. Jesus' death on the cross totally confirms this. Help me to have the courage to seek you with all my heart and so that I can discover your plan A for my life. Amen. In order to discover our purpose, it may help us to define what purpose is. You know, even if you feel a little bit like Abraham, who set out not knowing where he was going, it would help to be able to recognise some signposts on the way. Everybody and everything in life has a purpose. Without purpose, life is a haphazard journey that can just happen to anyone. Meaningless, meaningless, said King Solomon. That's why people sometimes believe in fate or just the look of the draw. King Solomon said time and chance just happen. But time and chance are not designed to just happen to the Christian. Life is not supposed to just happen to the child of God. Abraham in faith set out not knowing where he was going, but progressive revelation from God over the years has given us a body of theology to draw on. And God knew where Abraham was going. Abraham was just merely trusting him. And Jesus has made a way into the future for us. His death on the cross means that we can go boldly into the throne room of God. Jesus wants us to grasp hold of life and live it for all we're worth. He made it very clear that when we use our gifts to the full, it makes him very happy. He made it clear that he's very unhappy when people are afraid to enter in. It's no good saying, I was afraid, Lord, because he puts the coward in the same category as the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic, the idolaters, and all the liars. Read Revelation chapter 21, verses 6 to 8. So see the kindness and the severity of your God. And this is New Testament theology, by the way, the gospel of grace. You can't get out of it by saying that God's wrath is reserved only for the Old Testament and, the, and this New Testament is only love. Real love has to be tough sometimes. Somebody in my congregation once had a word that people were timid. Unbelief and fear should not stop us from living a full, effective and rewarding life. So let's ask, what, it, what is purpose? It is the original intention for the creation of something, the reason for that thing's existence, the need that makes the manufacturer design 
and create something. The original intention in the mind of the creator makes him design something to do a job. So the clues are there to be discovered in the thing itself. The product's intention governs the design. When God creates people, he designs them to fulfill his intended function for them. He gives them certain qualities that will enable them to perform his intended purpose. God puts these qualities in us from before the time we were born. They are what people call natural gifts, and they do not come to you after you receive Jesus and get born again. So your natural inclinations to be sociable, spend time with people, or even to like being on your own, to use your mind to think things through, to do things with your hands, to communicate with words, or to express yourself through art, to love to plan or strategize, or to put plans into action, to lead, to follow, to inspire, or to manage, etc., are all part of your makeup and personality. That's what makes us different. They were designed in you because God chose to design you to be able to fulfill your destiny. You are designed for your purpose. You are perfect for your purpose. My prayer is that in these coming days we will try to develop some sort of open-mindedness to what God may be doing. We're living in incredible times where we believe that the Lord is changing the nature of the church. It would be more accurate uh, not to say the nature of church, but perhaps the way that we Christians uh, do church or have understood uh, what church really is. In John 17, Jesus prayed 2,000 years ago for us when he said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is God's uh, primary purpose, that the world would know Jesus. He goes on to say, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. And I think the church today sometimes lacks a little bit of a sense of glory and uh, awe and, and wonder. And uh, this is the reason that I wrote my book, The Lost Glory, because I was trying to help people to understand maybe a little bit more of what that glory is and how it's been lost. I have given them the glory that you gave me, uh, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Just to let the world know that uh, Jesus is alive and well, uh, willing to help is uh, a most wonderful, wonderful thing. And that word unity, uh, I guess it, it probably means that we don't have to just agree about everything. We just have to agree to walk together in unity. Jesus went on to pray, Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. What a wonderful prayer that is. Uh, join me next week when we're going to continue this the series on destiny and purpose from the lost glory. And uh, in the meantime, saints, 
Be kind to one another. God bless you.